0: time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor What Joseph and Chris present to you, Saturday Morning Cartoon!
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Morning
0: Cartoon
1: Boom.
0: And special edition. I, I I want to call this a special edition. So it's Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom, colon, why is this a thing? <laughs> colon. This
1: is a show where we plop <laughs> down the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new.
0: I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. I was the one that was yelling.
1: <laughs> yeah. And today we watched... Star Wars Ewoks. Star Wars Ewoks aired from 85 to 87. Created, of course, by George Lucas, Raymond Jeffelis, Dale Scott, Bob Caro, and written by Paul Dini. A Batman the Animated Series fame.
0: Paul Dini has been in this show a few times now. He was the writer of at least one episode of the last show we covered, Tiny Toon Adventures. Right. One of my favorite writers ever. Oh, my God. I could talk about Paul Dini all for one day.
1: He called him your nerd hero last episode. He
0: is one of my nerd heroes. I'm going to talk more about him once we get a little farther in.
1: This aired for two seasons, 35 episodes on the ABC Network. For a short synopsis, the adventures of the Ewoks and Wicket W. Warwick's youth before the Battle of Endor. Who are some of the actors in this show, Chris?
0: Okay, so pretty much the entire cast was replaced <laughs> in the second season of this, yeah. but Wicket was originally voiced by Jim Henshaw. Then he was replaced by Denny Delk. I didn't get too much into other stuff these guys have done because there's so many names I have here, but the character of Princess Nisa was voiced by Cree Summer, who was also in Tiny Toon Adventures as Elmira, who was also in Mommy's Alive as Nefertina. So we've had her in several episodes now of our show. Mm hmm. But she was also replaced <laughs> by uh-huh. Gene Reynolds in the second season. The character of Tebow, voiced by Eric Peterson, replaced by James Crana. The character of Paplu, voiced by Paul Chatto. he was not replaced, but it's because that character wasn't in a whole lot of episodes after a certain point. And then the character of Latara, voiced by Tabara Johnson, and replaced by Sue Murphy. So everyone except, like, the one dude was replaced, and it's because his character was pretty much dropped. That's our cast. And, well, like you said, it was written by Paul Dini. He wrote at least, uh, I don't know if he was the writer on every episode, but he was the writer on all three that we watched. Mm-hmm. I recently listened to him on an episode of Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard. So they had Paul talking, and this was one of his first, uh, not his very first, but one of his first projects where he was a head writer. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting tidbit. I mean, he went on to do some really, really awesome things. Like we said, Batman, the animated series won lots of awards for that. One of the best cartoons of all time. So he's a very, very talented writer. I don't know what the hell happened on this one, (laughs) (laughs) but still. And you know what? You should, guys, if you don't listen to Fat Man on Batman, go back and listen to that episode. It's very interesting to hear him talk He goes into this story, he's got a book coming out basically, and it's all about when he was writing Batman during the Mask of the Phantasm movie that they were working on, he got jumped and was beaten nearly to death, and so he has this book that's coming out that sounds really interesting, and it's basically him kind of almost psychoanalyzing himself at that time, like basically going through what happened, going through his recovery, going through being a recluse after... After that point but he uses all of the characters from the Batman the Animated Series as the different representations of his personality like Two-Face would be a very specific part of his mind telling him one thing where he would have like Harley Quinn as another part of his personality telling him something else so he relates to that and it sounds really awesome it's almost like that Inside Out movie or whatever mm. from Pixar but with the Batman the Animated Series characters in Paul Dini's head. Interesting. Is what it sounds like. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Why has this not come out earlier? Comes out this summer. Nice. So yeah, I'm excited, man.
1: This is our second tieback in a row to Kevin Smith podcast since Andy (laughs) McElfresh was one of the writers on Rocket Power, which we watched a couple episodes back.
0: Yeah, I have PTSD from that episode.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, you took one of my tidbits, aka marshmallows, out of our morning bowl of Star Wars Ewok cereal. So I'll name a couple others. Wicket W Warwick's last name is presumably a reference to Warwick Davis, who played the character in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Secondly, throughout the series, the Ewoks often utter the word Dingar, and Dingar was the name of one of the bounty hunters who hunted for Han Solo in Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back.
0: Oh, interesting. Did they just get really lazy and not want to come up with language? I kept hearing them say that and I was like, are they
1: saying Dingar? Because I'm kind of familiar with a lot of the expanded universe outside of just the movie. So I know Dingar. I know his character. He's actually been in the comics recently, too. So it was crazy hearing that. And I didn't know if that's what they were saying until I read this. And I was like, oh, wow, that's I don't know if they intentionally did that or if that was just a complete accident.
0: They also take the name of the dog Chihuahua. Oh and yeah! Use that as every as single. They add an e. They go each e chihuahua. Every
1: single episode we watched had that in it. I wrote that down. Yep. Like, how do they know what chihuahuas are? Come on,
0: exactly. Chihuahuas don't exist in this universe. Not in the
1: Star Wars universe. Come on. See,
0: this is exactly how we got Jar Jar Banks. Do you have any memories of this show, Chris? Did you even know it existed? I kind of knew it existed. It was one of those things that when you mention this show, I'm like, oh yeah, I think that was a show. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. I, I mean, some of the visuals triggered a few memories, but this wasn't a show that I watched at all. It was just something that I may have seen something about it at one time, but didn't know anything about it other than it's obviously Ewoks. The coincidence was that that episode I was just talking about with Paul Dini on it, he was talking about it. And I was oh. like, oh, that was a cartoon. And then that was your suggestion for the next episode we do. So I was like, oh my gosh, apparently it's meant to be like we're supposed to watch this cartoon and maybe just put it out of its misery. I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a kismet situation. I honestly didn't know anything about this show. I didn't know it existed until a couple of weeks ago when I was randomly looking through our list. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Let's watch that. I had heard of the Star Wars droid series with c3po and r2d2 yeah. but i absolutely didn't know this was a thing i remembered the ewoks made for tv movies because i think i saw battle okay. for indoor
0: yeah that's something i need to talk about i did not know that those exist there's two of them yeah. i didn't know that they were they even existed and i'm like where where have these been hiding why was i not told that there were more star wars movies out what there what kind of
1: a star wars fan are you come yeah, on
0: exactly
1: i feel so bad now <laughs> <laughs> you should be ashamed.
0: Man, I even like I read the comics and I didn't even know that these two movies existed.
1: We'll have to watch them one day. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into the three episodes we watched for today's show. The very first episode, the highest rated episode, and finally, a random or listener chosen episode. Order varies depending on how these fall chronologically. But of course, we always start with episode one, which was The Cries of the Trees. Where Morag the Tolga Witch schemes to burn down the forest, and the only ones with clues to that are Wicket and his male friends who are being punished for lying.
0: Seriously, male friends in quotes. There is some sexual innuendo in this cartoon, and I don't know if you picked that up, but I picked that up.
1: Something <laughs> that I immediately disliked about this show was the theme song. Before it even started. Oh yeah, this show. We are the just...
0: e. e, e, e. It and, does not fit the mood of this show at no, all. It's not, not a even good close. Song.
1: It is a terrible song.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like I don't know like how to describe it. It's a little dark sounding with really stupid lyrics. Like it's childish, but with a dark tone to it. It's got
1: a dark tone, but it says they're friendly spirits of the forest and they're yeah. one big happy, happy family. So it's like a dark tone with pleasant lyrics. It's like a
0: Fallout Boy song. Gotcha. Actually, well the opposite, because the Fallout Boy songs are like happy tones with dark lyrics. Not that I would know, but they <laughs> did write a song about me on their first album.
1: So in this episode, they're sent on a mission. Well, the, the male characters, Wicket and Friends, are sent on a mission for a festival. And then they find these pixies. Well, they they were called uh, fire folks, or that's what they kept calling was fire folks. And uh, Queen Flutterglow, which sounds like a My Little Pony name, was one of them. So they're dancing. They get in trouble by one of the other elder Ewoks. We jump to a scene with big spider hingslings.
0: Yeah, what the hell were those I, things? I don't
1: know. We didn't really see any more of them either. It was just yeah. like that one scene with they these were big not explained. Things. We're introduced also to uh, Morag, the witch. She's the villain of the show overall. Like she's the main villain of the show, of the forest, of the Ewoks in general. And she at least this episode. (laughs) Well, at least for this episode, and she captures. Flutterglow, who is, to my understanding, the queen of these pixies.
0: You wouldn't be able to tell. They all look the same.
1: They all look the same. And, like, it was hard to understand what they were saying. I had a lot of trouble, like, discerning the names of some of these characters.
0: Yeah, they just make noises and crap. They and- would say
1: them so fast, and there's these weird names. flutter I'm not even sure if Flutterglow is accurate, but that's what I was hearing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. Basically, and what she does is she captures her and she puts some sort of spell on her and just kind of lights her on fire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, and lights like all of the other little fairies on fire and they just go, I mean, they're on fire. So they're they're just flying around like crazy, like all scared and crap. And it's lighting all the trees on fire.
1: Her spell was essentially just dousing these pixies in gasoline and just lighting them (laughs) and watching them fly around.
0: You think about that, that's pretty dark. That is some torture there, is basically they're on fire, they're burning, but they won't die.
1: Yeah, I that's, mean-
0: That's pretty bad, man. That That's oh an ultimate gosh.
1: curse, to be just immolated, but immortal, so you cannot die, but you're constantly burning.
0: Constantly burning.
1: That's intense, that's dark. The witch kept referring to death, and the burning of the forest, and all of that- She's obviously, and this is something since we only watched three episodes, we didn't really get to see fleshed out, but she's a longtime enemy of the leader of the Ewoks. King Chirpa was the king of the Ewoks. We jump back to the Ewoks where we get introduced to, and this is where at the time, Tebow is the one introduced to, and he's the cool Ewok. He's apparently able to hypnotize cows. He's just the real chill What dude. a
0: power. I know. Hypnotizing cows. Guy, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's got some kind of hypnotic eyes. It's never explained. <laughs> we have no idea why. And it this only happened.
0: happens the one time. Yeah, it's never, never brought back again. up
1: that we got to see. And as the more episodes we watch, and we'll go into this later a little bit, it seems like the dumber his character gets. Like he's such a yeah. suave dude in this episode.
0: He's like very much just doesn't give a crap yeah. about anything. This episode, he's always like leaning against a fence might as well be smoking a cigarette yeah he just doesn't care he's
1: just that cool character just super slick but then, then they
0: got um that what was it whose cousin is it the the he's a little bigger but he's got he looks like he's got all this facial hair but i get the feeling he's supposed to be the same age as everyone else yeah
1: that's what i was wondering that's tifo right and he was the one that i was like is he older and he's just like really being a bad impression on these kids or is he's the same age and he's just like maturing quicker or something
0: he was like me in when i was in seventh grade i yeah, started growing had like a mustache a full yeah i had i had a must i had to start shaving in seventh grade because wow. i had a mustache i still and I got made fun of i still don't have to <laughs> shave daily i haven't they gotten start, there yet they were calling me wally the walrus because i had a mustache <laughs> nice i wasn't fat though so i was confused about the walrus part but whatever you're fit walrus
1: what cracked me up about this episode was when they started playing this game called Drop the Sack.
0: See, that is what I was talking about. There is some definite innuendo. Yeah. Especially because when they go to actually play it, the the one with all the whiskers or whatever, it says, um, Come, gentlemen, the sack's awake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like I'm that. Like, what? That
1: had to be intentional because they just constantly kept saying it. Just they kept talking. Let's about go sacks. play. Drop the sack. Let's drop the sack. Watch that sack. The sack's gonna hit you. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh,
0: oh, I just sacked your face.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> that doesn't need. We don't need to explain <laughs> that any more than just the context of it. But just automatically, if you're not a kid, then you know what the implications of dropped sacks are.
0: My favorite part is when uh, this just makes it even worse. This is a game that they are not allowed to play. Right. It's a uh, a naughty game. The the elder Ewoks think this is naughty. They don't like it. And one of them finds him and he's asking what they were doing. And one of them lies. And he's like, are you sure you boys weren't playing drop the sack? (laughs) It just made it
1: sound like a sexual deviant thing. And they accidentally dropped the sack on their aunt, what was her name?
0: Oh, I don't even remember. But it uh there's some creepy stuff with her later too. Ugh, this was a weird show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, Aunt Vazzy, that was her name. They dropped the sack on Aunt Vazzy, and then <laughs> yeah, this sounds amazing. All right, and and this is absolutely what happens. This is me just reading notes from what happened on this show as it happened. And so the fairies who are lit on fire. They're they're flying around and they keep referencing the forest as being very dry this season. So if a I'm fire just starts
0: the irony of fairies on fire. So these <laughs> fairies you can say these fairies are flaming.
1: These flaming fairies are <laughs> are going through the forest and it's it's the Ewok's jobs to prevent them from starting forest fires. Smoky Bear is not there, so these other bears <laughs> These smaller bears, these Ewoks, have to stop this, prevent this forest fire from burning the moon of Endor.
0: I like that they try to put out the fire by hitting it with rakes and (laughs) sticks.
1: Yeah. Aunt Vazi tries to push it back with a broom at one point.
0: And then finally gets put out by like the king or an elder or something by just freaking carving into the dirt with his walking stick. Yeah. And apparently that puts out fires. So that works, I guess.
1: And they're also able to put out the fires on the, the wispies is what their whip or something like that. Uh, the, the pixies that they have there. So all is well. They save the day, but it's not the last they've heard of Morag. It's the last yeah. we heard of Morag because it's <laughs> the only episode she was in that we watched. But
0: there, there were some parts in here that were like, there's one part that was really creepy where when they were first finding out that the forest was burning, you could hear this high pitched like screaming noise. It was the trees were literally screaming in the distance. Oh, yeah. And that was a creepy sound, man. Oh, and, my God.
1: And they also had that dream, that simultaneous dream where the three of them Dreamed about those, like, trees dying and trying to get yeah. their help. Oh, yeah. There were some
0: creepy parts. That would have given kids some nightmares.
1: Yeah. If dropping the sack didn't give <laughs> them nightmares, then the screaming trees oh, would. Oh, gosh.
0: And uh, so there's another weird thing is at the end of this episode, I don't even remember why this happened, but Wicked's aunt, like, kisses him. Yeah. But, like, I mean, like, kisses kisses him. And Wicked gets, like, all, like, gaga-eyed, like, he's like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, dude, that's your family. That is weird, man. There are so many wrong things going on in this episode. Oh, my God. Seriously. But that covers that
1: episode, I think. Yeah, that is all that can be said.
0: Right. Too much
1: already. So that (laughs) jumps us into the second episode, which was, in my opinion, a better episode. Season one, episode 13, which was the highest rated episode called Asha where Nisa suspects a mysterious feral Ewok in the forest as her long-lost sister and searches for her to confirm it.
0: Asha is kind of cool because Asha is like the Batman of Ewoks.
1: Yeah, she's a vigilante Ewok.
0: Yeah, she is known as the Red Ghost. Exactly. Which
1: is a cool name already. Yeah,
0: by Ewoks and by... The Duloks. The Dulocs, yeah. So they're these like goblin kind of creatures. The
1: Dulux are essentially, think Grinch who stole Christmas and a race of those. And that's what you would get.
0: Yeah, they're pretty similar to that. And they're like hunting an animal and Asha, I guess, must be vegan. So she's like, that's not going to fly. She howls like a wolf,
1: <laughs> I guess. Like she's a parallel to Mowgli of the Jungle Book because she was raised by this I don't know of wolves, but she was raised in the wilderness. So that's how she knows how to survive. How does it get
0: back to, then they see her chasing them off? And they went back and they were telling the other Ewoks about it. And then Nisa overhears and is like, oh, you saw a red Ewok? Yeah. Because apparently that's very rare. I guess it's like a ginger in our society (laughs) because red hair is is not rare, but it is not a dominant trait. Yeah,
1: that's rare as far as Ewoks go. So Nisa immediately assumes it's her sister, her long lost sister, who, as we get to hear, was lost after. And this is something I was surprised. I mean, I guess not because it was the 80s, but they were like their mother died trying to protect them. And they specifically said that, too. They didn't just like right. insinuate it is she dead. She yeah, mother was killed trying to protect us. And Asha was lost in the forest. They weren't able to find her afterwards. So Nisa went back to the tribe. And also the king of the tribe, Chalupa, (laughs) and King Chirpa is their father. So apparently, Uh. from what he was saying... They went looking for Asha, but weren't successful. It doesn't feel they like found they her. looked very hard. They found oh, her yeah. clothes. Is that what it was? They found
0: her, her head scarf Oh, thing. her hood. Okay. And it's all torn up and stuff. And uh, then they decide, oh, well, she's dead. And then they don't look any further. Yeah. They're just like, whatever, it's fine.
1: After she was attacked by a giant monster baboon of some sort.
0: Yeah, some sort of giant baboon creature. I was really confused in this episode by like the ages Of these Ewoks. I don't understand the ages here because you have like Wicket and Nisa and their crew who look like they would be. I mean, they were a little bit smaller than like the chief or the king and some of the other ones. So I'm like, okay, maybe they're like I figured they're like adults, but they're not, you know, like older. I don't know. But there's cubs, little tiny Ewoks. That they are much bigger than, like they they tell the little ones stories. But then one of the older Ewoks refers to Wicket and his crew as cubs. Mm. So I'm like, how are they cubs? But the little ones are obviously cubs too. And the the king tucks Nisa into bed. So I'm like, what? Like, how is there? Uh, I don't know how this works. <laughs> Cause, uh, that leads me to think that they're at least teenagers, but if they're teenagers, why would Nisa still be, like, tucked into bed? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, speaking of Nisa, she eventually sneaks
1: off to go and hunt down Asha and intentionally, unintentionally drags Wicket into it because he can't let her go alone. He's unable right. to direct her exactly where to go, so he goes out with her, and they go on the hunt for Asha, run into-
0: Oh, yeah, the old guy. Yeah, they the run into to
1: some old hunter. There's a lot of straight Ewoks outside of the tribe, apparently, Yeah, because this older hunter rescues them, and then where do they go from
0: there? So they, they end up running into some of the Duloks with that guy, and they decide to fight them, this cracked me up, too, is this guy, when he goes to fight the Dulux, he has a battle cry, and he says something and then yells, Ewoks, which would be the equivalent of me going into battle and yelling, white guy, or <laughs> human. Humans. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, real quick. The
1: swear word in this show is covart.
0: Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Every once in a while they speak English, but every once in a while they go into their own language, which I assume is them cussing.
1: Right. It's the equivalent of (laughs) that's going to be bleeped out, but I'll
0: explain it. (laughs) The S word. It's the equivalent equivalent of the S word. you didn't hear what he just said. Yeah. Yeah. You heard a honking noise. All
1: right. So on this episode, we have Asha, who is protecting the forest. So she's coming to help the animals. The Dulocs are just hunters. They hunt for sport. They don't hunt for necessarily food. And they clearly state that the Ewoks only hunt when they have to, when they need to eat. So the Dulocs are just hunting for fun. They're hunting for sport. And they're just bad seeds. So Asha defends the forest and makes the Dulocs swear that they're never going to hunt in this part of town. Well, never going to hunt in this part of the forest or really ever again, period. But of course, we get another one of those. You haven't heard the last of us either. So they haven't heard the last of Morag and they haven't heard the last of the Dulocs. So there's just a lot of people that are on they never heard the last of anyone. That, yeah, they they just never hear the last of anyone.
0: Yeah, there there are some things I want to hit real quick with this that I'm just destroying this show cuz I can. <laughs> and, and it is so when they are confronted by these the Dulox, Asha shows up and saves them and Nisa's like, "Oh my god, my sister, yay." So they go back to this little like cave thing wherever Asha lives and they stay the night there. Nisa is trying to have a conversation with Asha, but Asha has very broken language. Like, at first, <laughs> barely speaks any of the same language as them, like, struggles saying a single word. Within the next two minutes, is having entire conversations in perfect English with a little bit of an accent. Yeah. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> like, what that doesn't happen she's a quick learner she adapts oh my god like <laughs> it made no sense for that to happen at all we get a lot of tears at the end of the episode too there's lots of crying yes
1: or uh, as they say oh something else real quick is it snows in this episode too which i yeah, didn't it know it could on the forest moon of indoor but i guess yeah, they have snow. all seasons i don't know
0: Oh, there's also one more thing. Right before the last battle that they have with the Dulocs is that what happens is Asha goes to take their traps apart. So she's there and she's dismantling the traps. And the Dulocs are there. And they're just like watching her. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And she's like taking your traps apart. She just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> right. She's just, she's not trying to hide it. She's not sneaking around, waltzes in and just starts taking it. It <laughs> doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Just Watson's just starts taking crap apart and lets them capture her. I'm like, what the hell? Like, she is a fighter. Why would she just let them capture her? But here's the thing is that she was gonna make it worse by she let them capture her and then she kicked their Kavark and Kavarks after the fact. That makes it even worse. Like they had her and then she beats them up. Yeah. Oh my god. So, definitely the Batman of Ewoks.
1: Her reputation definitely preceded her. And, this, and another way she was Batman was anytime that they would start a conversation with her and turn their backs to her, she would just be gone in the next scene. <laughs> like, she just disappears. King Duloc's insult was he kept calling everybody Rootheads. Rootheads? Rootheads. Wow, that's
0: racist.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So that about covers it for that episode. Chirpa and Nisa get to reunite with Asha. So it's a happy family once again. And that's the last time we saw Asha because she wasn't in this next episode.
0: Right. I can only assume that Asha, since she went back to her father, abandoned her quest to save the forest from the Dulox And now <laughs> she just lives with the other Ewoks.
1: I guess so. Yeah, she's just part of the tribe now. Speaking perfect Ewok. And the last episode we watched was Battle for the Sunstar Season 2, Episode 20, chosen by us, because why not?
0: Yeah. Oh, man. This episode was way better than the other two, I think.
1: The reason I like this episode, first off, is because it ties it back to the Star Wars universe more.
0: We got some Kavarkan Empire up in this Kvark.
1: Yeah, holy Kavark, We got a lot of it.
0: This bad guy looks like a straight Power Rangers villain. Yeah, definitely. Dr. Rhaegar.
1: Dr. Rhaegar. He's got to just be some mercenary villain because he doesn't work directly for the Empire, but he's obviously doing something. He's like a mercenary of some sort.
0: Yeah, he's he's obviously doing something that was requested by the emperor because they do kind of drop that name with him a couple times, like as a you better do this right or you're going to the emperor kind of.
1: Yeah. And and plus, he's an alien, clearly an alien, and the empire doesn't really tolerate other species well.
0: That's true. That's very true.
1: So uh, this episode starts, it opens just like episode four, New Hope, with Star Destroyer flying in from behind the camera. So that automatically I knew I was going to like this episode when it started like that.
0: In this episode, and I assume that this happened at the beginning of the second season. Because this is the last episode of the second season, all the character designs are pretty much different, and all the voices have changed. Like we said, like the almost the entire cast was replaced with other voice actors, probably for the best because they sounded much better. Wicket especially sounded much better. I'll
1: tell you who didn't. Tebow devolved to some sort of moronic yeah. comedy piece. I guess. Yeah, he was an
0: idiot. And yeah,
1: he was not at all the Ewok I respected from episode one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: lost a lot of respect for that. Ewok. Yeah, I
1: lost a lot of respect for Tebow. I don't know what happened to him in between those seasons, but he went downhill
0: quick. Like, they look different too. Wicked doesn't look that much different, but the others, like, their clothing is a little different, their fur is a little differently colored, or they might be shaped differently, like, not as short and round. They might be a little bit thinner. Yeah. And, like, the king, he is completely different. He he doesn't have the same color fur. He do, He's not drawn the same whatsoever. It's like... A completely different character that is also Nisa's dad apparently. Maybe she has two dads. Maybe it's a very progressive Ewok colony.
1: Maybe with ants who kiss you in inappropriate ways. Right. It didn't even sound like they were saying Nisa. Nisa looked exactly the same as she did in the other episode, but it sounded like they were calling her something else the whole time. So I was like, is that the same Ewok?
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be the same one. Maybe they pronounced the name a little differently or something. I don't know. Because it's spelled weird. Yeah. So maybe the original intention wasn't for it to be pronounced the way they originally pronounced it. Probably.
1: Dr. Rhaegar's goal in this is to retrieve the Sun Star, which is an artifact that the Ewoks have. That's some sort of gem that I'm not certain what all of its powers are, but it's able to shoot almost like rays of sunlight or something. It projects flames. And I guess it kind of allows you to manipulate the world around you in certain
0: ways. So here's my question. Where the Kavark was this stone in Return of the Jedi when they fought the Empire?
1: <laughs> yeah, serious. You know what? Here's what I'm going to say to that. They put it away in a vault. Oh, no. They dug a hole and buried it there so that no one could ever utilize its power for evil again.
0: Maybe they had to pawn it for supplies. They had a lot of repairs
1: to do after the Empire came.
0: I'm just like, man, like if they had this super powerful stone, why did they not use it in the movie? At the end of this episode, they get it back. They've got it. They have it in their possession. I'm like, that was not the smartest way to go with it. Like, if you knew it wasn't available, it's this all-powerful weapon that they could use. If you know it's not available for them in something that's already been done that's supposed to come after this cartoon, wouldn't you think to, like, have something happen to it? Like, it gets destroyed or it's lost forever or they seal it away for some reason? I don't know. They, uh
1: well, this series did end prematurely, so maybe there was an episode where something did happen to the
0: Sun Star. Or yeah, I think it was—I think it was time for this series to go. <laughs> I think it was—it was prime age to retire.
1: They had Tie Fighters in this episode too, so there were Star Destroyers, Tie Fighters, Stormtroopers, Imperial Admirals. This thing was essentially a good spinoff of the Star Wars movies in that way. Yeah. The only, I don't know, I wouldn't say anything necessarily negative about this episode. There were a lot of negative things about it, don't get me wrong, but as far as the three episodes that we watched, I think this was probably one of the better ones.
0: So basically, the Ewoks get captured by Dr. Rhaegar, the, mm-hmm. the Wicked and his crew. This is the first episode that we had another female with them, which was Latara, Mm -hmm. Who was in the first season, just not in any of the episodes that we got because she was another character that was replaced. The four of them get captured by Dr. Rhaegar. They get put in like a little holding cell thing where this little droid takes pity on them and gives them some food. And they're like, oh, like, why don't you help us escape? Oh, escape. That's probably a good idea. Let's do (laughs) that. So they just escape.
1: Yeah, he just lets them out this like side entrance to their cell. Right. I think his name was PD or something. I don't know what his number was. I can't remember. I
0: I gave up on
1: that little droid. Yeah. He was was, useless to me. We'll just call him PD-8. PD-8. He came to rescue them. The large droids that were there to guard the Ewok cell, they sounded a lot like Bebop and Rocksteady. Like they had the weirdest henchmen voices for giant droids. Like they didn't sound robotic at all.
0: Well, that was the thing, too, that I thought was weird was that these droids didn't resemble anything we had ever seen in the Star Wars universe and did not act anything like any of the droids we've seen in the Star Wars universe up to this point. So at least like the, the bad ones, the little droid that was helping them had some qualities of C-3PO and R T d 2 both. But the other ones, no, that was nothing like anything we've seen, which I don't know. It just seemed a strange direction for them to go.
1: They escape in a big pod, very similar to one of the Dragon Ball Z escape pods.
0: Yeah, really was.
1: Yeah, and then fly it back to the forest moon, really to gather a crew. Well, first of all, to save everyone from Dr. Rhaegar's forces, who has come to take the Sun Star. After they get there, he successfully takes it, so their intention is to chase him down with a giant crew of Ewoks, with the whole crew with them. And one of the Ewoks sits on the control panel and launches him back up into space when it's only just the small crew of Nisa, Latara, Wicket, and Tebow still. Oh, and PD. Yeah, PD-8. They fly off to go to the rescue. It's this small ragtag team, and they have to save the Sunstar from Rhaegar.
0: This scene made watching these three crappy episodes of this crappy Kvarkin series worth <laughs> it, which was Nisa and Wicket and the droid. They're going to confront Rhaegar. wonder if, if that's where George R R, R. Martin got the name Rhaegar from. Mm, most likely. This would have predated Game of Thrones. So. Absolutely. Anyway, so the, the droid comes in, and he's like, hey, knock it off. And Rhaegar's like, nah, shoots the droid. <laughs> and the droid's like, done. He's like, ugh. And yeah. Falls against the wall. So Nisa and Wicket are like, nah. So <laughs> freaking Wicket runs and leaps at Rhaegar, who has this voice who, he talks like this, like really deep and like scary kind of voice. Just screams <laughs> like this freaking little girl. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it is the most out of character thing I've ever heard, and I have never laughed so hard in my entire life as I did it. That <laughs> scream! Holy crap!
1: Yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about until I heard the episode, but I had to play it a few times just to hear it because it's oh, so man. it's so unnatural to what he. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) sounds like
0: it sounds like a completely different person i played it over and over and over again and my (laughs) wife probably thought i was insane because i had headphones on i just kept playing it back and i just kept laughing i was crying because i was laughing so hard and i keep texting joseph i'm like dude totally worth it once you get to the last episode this guy's gonna scream you are gonna laugh it's gonna be worth it For anyone interested, this scream
1: occurs at about 21 minutes and 10 Uh, seconds. Like you, you
0: texted me last night. And you're like, is it when this happens? And then a minute later, you're like, oh, my God, I just got it. The best part is I don't remember yeah. what happens, <laughs> but he freaking does it again. He does it a few minutes later, the same freaking scream. For a threatening <laughs> villain, he
1: has the worst scream. And he's actually a real coward because anytime Palpatine is mentioned, he goes into like yeah. complete oh like, my wuss gosh. mode. So, with the power of the Sun Star, he feels invincible. So, he's like, Well, instead of giving Palpatine the Sun Star, I'm just going to take over the Empire. Like, I'm going to kill Palpatine and take over. And then I will jerk. rule the universe. And so, that's his plan. And luckily, the Ewoks are there to save the day. Because if not for the so Ewoks, the Ewoks he would have gotten saved away with the it Empire,
0: too. is what they did in this episode.
1: So, the real hero of the Star Wars universe are the Ewoks, yeah. Wicket
0: specifically. You think about it; that means that Wicket is kind of a hero to the Empire too, because Wicket basically stopped the Emperor from being overthrown by Rhaegar.
1: Yeah, because Rhaegar did get a shot off and it like nicked the Emperor's shuttle. Yeah. but he wasn't able to get a clear shot because screaming. you know he's fighting <laughs> off the Ewoks at the same time. Yeah, and so what ends up happening is. They get stopped. The Sun Star is taken back by the Ewoks. They fly back to the forest moon. And then Rhaegar is left there to be punished by the Empire and the Emperor specifically, who we get to see fly in on his Imperial shuttle. We don't ever get to see the Emperor.
0: When they first introduced Rhaegar, you didn't see him first or hear his name. You just heard him talking off screen. I'm like... (gasps) oh, Kvark, are we going to see Darth Vader? We're going to see Darth Vader. And then this, I don't know what, he's supposed to be just waltzes in him. What is that? That's not a Darth Vader. Yeah. Ugh.
1: It was strange that they didn't show the Emperor at all, or at least like what would have been cool and what I would have been perfectly okay with is when the shuttle landed and the walkway came down, if we just saw like the bottom of his robe and then it cut to a different scene, then would have been like,
0: oh, my God, it's the emperor. <laughs> it's just, we don't even get that. It's just like we get the shuttle. He's like walking down the thing, but he like hikes up his robe a little bit so he doesn't trip. And he's just wearing some freaking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wearing like the Jesus sandals. Oh, uh, <laughs> There's Those freaking Adidas sandals that everyone wore back in the day, even though they were really bumpy and hurt yeah. your feet really bad. But everyone thought they were cool. So they wore them. Yeah. And he's wearing socks with them. Anklet socks, <laughs> yeah. Anklet socks. <laughs> Oh, kavart. Oh man. By the end of this, Wicket is wearing enemy droid parts, which is really dark. He has a, a with a battle pieces belt of droid belt or something from him. that'd be like him wearing yeah. skulls and like rib bones and ugh.
1: skulls of his enemy. Like it's not even that he's just yeah, wearing it, but he brags so about proud. it at the
0: end. And we get another Ichiwawa, too. You can't trust those Kvark and Ewoks, man. They saved the Emperor. If he would have just let Rhaegar kill the Emperor, who knows? Return of the Jedi might have never even had to happen. Like, that battle might have been over with. Rhaegar might have had some other plans. I mean, he's a doctor. You know, maybe he really wanted to have universal health care implemented or something like that. And that would have happened. <laughs> Had Wicket just let him not get captured.
1: I'm pretty sure Rhaegar had malicious intent. We'll never but, know. You know. We'll never yeah. know. And then Wicked's wearing
0: like body parts of his enemies. He's vicious, man. <laughs> wicked is enemy. vicious and cannot be trusted. That's all I got to say.
1: And who knows what happened to PD-8. Like we don't ever see him again. He's probably a victim
0: to yeah. Wicket's <laughs> droid belt now. <laughs> Son of a Kabark.
1: Well, Chris, let's pull our kids out of the tribe of trees before they get their new hoods and see what they thought of Star Wars Ewoks. Oh,
0: my God. All right, you little Ewok, quit playing Drop the Sack and get over here. Ewoks are cute and cuddly and live in the trees, and they protect the animals and are really nice. Unless you make them mad, because then they will beat you up, and they will make you scream, and they will wear your body parts as trophies. And that's why I want to be an Ewok. But this cartoon was really stupid, so I gave it two bowls of each cereal out of five. Your turn you may be asking yourself, was this an amazing cartoon? No. Was this a good cartoon? Not really. But was it at least fun? It had its moments. Honestly though, I don't think this show was as bad as it was made out to be. I could see where it was going with a lot of the messages that it intended to send, and while it was clearly a product of marketing based off the popularity of Return of the Jedi, I actually had a better time than I expected and enjoyed it more than I did Rocket Power for sure. Will I watch more of this show? Probably not. But, it was a show of its time, so I can at least give it a pass based on that. Overall, I would rate this show 3 out of 5, and if you ever want to see Ewoks fighting a tribe of Grinches whose hearts have yet to grow three sizes, this is the only place you'll get to do that.
1: Uh, I knew I liked this kid for a reason. He's got a good head on his
0: shoulders. Are you sure you boys weren't playing Drop the Sack? Do you have any more, like, final thoughts as an adult person about this cartoon?
1: As an adult person, as far as this cartoon goes, I don't necessarily recommend that anybody watch it. Here's what I think. I think that watch a couple episodes with some friends and you'll have a good time laughing at it. I think it's humorous, maybe unintentionally in certain ways, but... Just seeing this drop the sack bit, I imagine that there are pieces of things like that littered all over the rest of this show. So for that reason, I can appreciate that about it.
0: So many things to laugh about in this show that, I mean, were not intentional. It's like mystery science theater. Like you get a really bad cartoon and you make it fun by watching it with your friends. And it is hilarious how bad some of it is, like all the innuendos. There is no way they did not know that they put that in there. There is no conceivable way they did not include flaming fairies dropping the sack and incestual ants and cubs and whatever is going on. There is no conceivable way they didn't realize what they were doing. Maybe they were trying to make it funny for the adults and just something the kids could watch. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I think you're right on that. I think this is one of those shows that really defines so bad it's good.
0: I agree. It's so bad that you can enjoy it for being a bad cartoon. (laughs) I'm going to sum this up real quick. This is what this show is. I think it would have been a show that was okay for kids back in the time that it aired. The problem is that it's really generic. It's got that same feel as like he-man and like dark crystal the movie except on a more generic boring level and kids today probably would not enjoy it because kids today are used to fast paced and cgi and stuff like that and better continuity the level of sophistication that cartoons are at now is mostly much higher than what this cartoon is and basically this all boils down to this is the perfect example of someone being afraid to tell George Lucas no. And that is how we got this cartoon. <laughs> Why is this a thing? Echa your wah-wah.
1: Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching... The Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers! And that's probably going to be better than it sounds. We'll see. <laughs> Once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday.